Welcome to the Fantasy Aceball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Aceball, and you can find my written stuff with Raymond over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Speaking of which, Raymond, at Raymond Atherton on the Twitter. Did you finally get your son to bed? Yeah, dude, after literally an hour. But yeah, we made it. We powered through. Are you all right? Are you alive? <laughs> I might I might require a Daniel Bard Ilston after this, to be honest, but we'll be okay. <laughs> I don't mean or to make Austin light of Meadows. That. Or Austin <laughs> Meadows. Just for the record. Mental health is serious. Too late. Gabe. <laughs> you insensitive weasel. <laughs> <laughs> we got here with us also the three amigos. The third of the three amigos. Sorry, Gabe. I don't mean to make you third, but Dude, that's I just the third. way that the cookie crumbles. It. Gabe like Jenna at like Catcher Streamer. Trouble. A, tr- a triplet. Trouble. All right, Gabe, because you're the last, we're going to go to your team first. Your Cubbies extended Ian Happ for three years and $61 million. Raymond and I were both like, that's way too much money for Ian Happ, but you're pretty happy about it. So explain. I'm really happy about it from a Homer perspective, for sure. I mean, I love the Cubs are horrible at extending people. But, dude, I mean, at the open market, I think that he would have been the top outfielder available. This upcoming free agent class is so weak. He probably would have been the, one of the top hitters available. And the Benetendi comp, I think Benetendi went like ninth and half went tenth in that 2015 draft. And they have like been, I think that they've been kind of a great comp throughout their entire careers. You know, kind of really high expectations and kind of haven't really met them. And Benetendi got $75 million. And in the last two or three years of his play have just been like, Michael A. Taylor type production. And I, I think that Hap is kind of trending the opposite direction. Benetendi came out really hot and kind of cooled down and Hap kind of came out slow and is really heated up. And, and it got him for almost, you know, $15 million less. And I know it's a couple of years less too, but who cares? He's getting like 30, 31, 32 at the end of this contract. You can't go wrong. It's only three years. I love the, there's not very much risk here. The Cubs have so much money on the, on the, on the books, you know? Yeah, I'm curious that he even signed for that for only three years. I think it's cheap, like, dude. Don't, yeah, but don't you think he could have gotten more years on the open market? 100%. Like you're just saying, it's a so bad, loves, it's it's a bad market. Chicago. He loves being in yeah. Chicago, and he said he would give him a hometown discount. And I cannot, I, I figured hometown discount meant like seventy or eighty million. I did not think that they were going to get him this cheap. So I'm super jazzed. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think from his perspective, he should have. I don't know. I just figured, like, if, if Ian Happ was going to resign, I thought it'd be more like six years, like, yeah, ninety million or something. Yeah, like three yep. years, sixty-one million. Agreed. So, yeah, I guess it gives them flex roster flexibility when all these young guys come up, PCA yep. and Brandon Davis, and how many millions of outfielders do the Cubs? Yeah, have the Cubs are the Cubs are like the the Cubs are like the Cardinals Junior of outfield prospects right now. Yeah, Canario. Yeah. Um, Corey Seager, hamstring injury, grade two strain, out for at least four weeks. Ouchies, Raymond, your boy. Tell me about it. Yeah, dude, this sucks. I was watching this game last night, too, so I could watch Dustin May, but I didn't see this particular injury. I didn't see him leave. I just came back, and he was not playing anymore. But yeah, How many Seager shares do you have? Just two, I think. Atnu and... Maybe just one. Otnu, I think. You've got him in the Dynasty Darlings, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. I do have I do have him in two. There you go. So just two. Um, but if I had my way, I would have him in way more than that. So I guess that's a blessing. But, yeah, 
at least four weeks, man. Soft tissue injuries suck. Burn it all down. <laughs> Ready to sell already. We're all, all three of us before the podcast started are all talking about selling in Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And it's <laughs> like the third day of week two. <laughs> oh, man. We'll get into that, into some of these like small sample size issues. Like either you feel like you're the best person in your league or you're the, you feel like you're the worst person in your league right now, basically, in every single week. No, like nobody feels in the middle, I feel like, in this point in the season. If you, win right. your fir- if you win your first matchup, it gives you like so much hope. But then if you lose your first matchup, you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to lose Despair. every single matchup. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it's in head-to-heads. Roto, it could be a little easier because you know that like it's very easy this early to make up ground in Roto. But... Uh, Head to head, like it's if you fall behind like oh three oh four, it's like ring the bell already. Um, <laughs> By- Byron Buxton, oh my god, R- this guy gets run over like five <laughs> times a year. Dude, it's like, a style he, of play. He did the running over this time though. Yeah, he he, he looks just, like he he no, just reminds not- me of a slot <laughs> receiver. Just- he just reminds me of a slot receiver that gets nailed across the middle by linebackers all the time because he like never keeps his head up. That's what he yeah. reminds me of. It's his Dude, fault. he's just the go ahead game. Well, he's he just plays with reckless abandon, which is his calling card. That's why it makes him so, you know, attractive and valuable. But with his injury profile, he he just, you know, he's not going to play very long if he It's like it's like watching a quarterback run the ball every time and lead with their head. Josh Allen. Yeah, he's we we have no info on this yet, right? I have not seen any info on how long no. he could possibly be out, or he hasn't so, been IL'd yet, or anything. So it just happened today. So I, I did some digging on Twitter earlier, and um, who's the Twins manager? Is it still Rocco Baldelli? Said uh, yes. said like he got banged up. I think is the phrase he used in three or four different places. Because if you watch the the video, he like hits his leg, his hip, his shoulder, and then he does a flip, and then he hits the ground. So like. I'm sure he's going to be really sore tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the IL just because it's Byron Buxton. But concussion uh, IL, maybe he can join. Travis yeah, maybe. Dono. Yeah, that might be a good because I think 15 days is probably too long. But yeah, the seven could work. But um, no, dude, he's just a freak athlete, and he's. I think it's a combination of like, like you said, Gabe. He's so fast that like people don't expect him to be where he is, and then he's just so unlucky. Obviously, yeah. walls don't move, but, like, I'm sure that second baseman didn't think that he would be there that quickly or he wouldn't have been in the base path. All right. Herman Marquez to the IL with a forearm strain, and apparently there's no structural damage. So this is kind of like the injury that Brian Bayo is, like, just recovering from. Is that Gallon last like. year? Yeah. So I think that we'll probably see Marquez in a good three to four weeks. Right. I would assume he's going to be out for four weeks. Just based on like the how long Bayo has taken to ramp back up, uh, so that's where I would put Marquez. You guys got anything on Herman? Because he was actually looking pretty good. I had him in TGFBI, and I got to drop him, so that's fun. <laughs> I think no, he's I fine. Don't. I mean, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge fan of him, but <clears throat> the guy is the, a model of consistency in today's era, as far as you know, guys that don't ever get hurt and guys that come out and throw 180 innings every year. I, I just want to see him pitch back. not in Colorado sometime. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I would, I would, it would be nice before he gets old and decrepit if he like played for a decent team not in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, yeah, Zach I'm... Eflin to the IL, lower back injury. Taj Bradley was promoted today and pitched today and had a pretty darn good start. Five innings pitched, three in runs, I think five Ks. Eight Ks. Uh, eight, eight Ks, Ks. Yeah. Okay, so they just, it looks like they, he was balling before and they just left him in a little too long uh, for the rookie, So, which is weird for the Rays. Usually the Rays hook people way too early, and then yeah. like they had the opposite problem with a rookie in his first career start. So very odd, but I guess it does show maybe some of the trust that they have in this young player right here. So what do you think about Taj Bradley, uh, Raymond? And also, what do you think about Zach, Zach Eflin and his injury? So back injuries are always scary. Just CC Clayton Kershaw. But if Bradley played for anyone other than the Rays, I think I'd be way more excited. But I watched like half an inning of this game and he was pumping 98 and, I saw him drop a curveball on someone and strike him out. He looked the very limited sample size I got. I got he looked pretty good. Yeah, his fastball is by far his best pitch. Has like a seventy grade pitch. Uh, his other pitches are still developing. So, and Gabe, you have like a million shares of Taj Bradley. So I bet <laughs> you are pumped to the moon. I'm, I'm very pumped. I, I had read before the start that he hasn't thrown more than like fifty five pitches in a start at all this year yet you know, obviously he's only had one or two starts in triple a and then throughout the spring so that kind of goes back to what you were saying too i'm surprised they left him in as long as they did bummer for eflin though because i know you were huge on him and the rays obviously saw something they liked for him too i hope that he can come back and you know kind of make good on that contract and yeah I, from what i've read it seems like he's going to be back right when he comes off the, the il so like maybe this is more like a maintenance thing than anything and we'll talk more a little bit more about how Eflin has been pitching later in this podcast because we have uh, some good stats to go over. Next, Joey Gallo to the IL with an intercostal strain. And then the Twins promoted Edouard Julian in his place, who may just be getting a little uh, appetizer of a promotion here because Jorge Polanco is progressing and playing. I think he was in high the other day, so... He'll probably be back sometime by the end of next week, I might think. So, what do you guys think? Are you in on Edouard Julian at all? Dude, he hits the ball so hard. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's going to stick, but he's – I think Scott White called him. He's trying to get the the nickname the, the French God of Walks to stick. So, I mean, he's got good plate discipline, which we all know Tim loves, and he hits the ball incredibly hard, which I love, so – we should be excited. Yeah. I think at worst, he's going to be just Jose Miranda. Like, he's just going to be Jose Miranda 2.0. That's like his floor, though. I think he has better plate discipline than Miranda. I don't know if his hit tool is good, but I think he has a little bit more power and a little bit more stolen base upside from Miranda as well. Yeah, I think that's the, the thing, is if he can make enough contact. But I heard someone say he went like 19-18 power speed in the minors last year. Yeah, 17-19. Don't look yeah. at me go. I was close. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, you bet it. Solid numbers. Solid numbers, friends. Okay, uh, Jorge Polanco, like I said, is progressing. Hopefully we get some Jorge Polanco reps soon because I have him on some teams. Uh, Matt Manning to the IL with a broken foot. This might actually wow. be a blessing, Raymond, because he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball so far this year uh, under the hood. But who's who's next, Tigers fan? Who's going to replace Matt Manning? Is it going to be Joey Wentz, or is Wentz already in the rotation? 
I have no idea if Wentz is in the rotation already, but Twitter says that uh, Michael Lorenzen's ready to be activated, and he'll uh, he'll be up Saturday, I think. Who did you right. guys know was a two way player? It blew my mind. Lorenzen, yeah. you didn't know that. No, he's been rotting in Cincinnati for seven years. Like, why would I know that? He was like the setup man for the Reds for quite well. I lo- I see a lot of Reds games because I'm a and I'll central back, but um, he he would also pinch hit and play in the outfield. And that dude, by the way, is ripped. Like he is by far the most ripped pitcher in baseball. He's like the Tyler O'Neill of pitchers. If you ever want to, if you've seen him, I don't know if you've seen him. Oh, that's projected. He's going to be a starter for Detroit. All right. For the so go grab go grab your shares now while you can. If you need, if you're in a deep league and need a starter. Uh, Brandon Woodruff to the IL with shoulder inflammation, which basically tells us nothing. They don't know how long he's going to be out. Shoulder injuries are tricky like that. We don't know how long it's going to last. Kind of like an oblique injury. Um, how long do you guys think Woodruff is going to be out? Like, what would you be planning, Gabe? Man, I I hate to say four to six weeks, but you know Woodruff <laughs> has kind of been the guy of, you know, he's kind of had some strange injuries the last couple of years and uh it's kind of some red flags as, as he kind of ages yeah so i would be Raymond. bracing myself for the longer end well so the what what i heard was just that he wasn't bouncing back from his last start like he wanted to so maybe he just wasn't built up enough but they think it's going to be pretty minor it's not like it's not like his shoulder hurt or anything he just i don't know wasn't rebounding as fast i guess so I don't know. Wait and see. But yeah, I mean, when you whenever you talk about a shoulder injury, that's scary. But look, look at what just happened to Ashby. Like it wasn't that serious, yeah. then it got more serious, and bam, now he's done for the year. So if someone drops Brandon Woodruff, you're still going to add him? I'm assuming. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jansen Junk recalled in his place. I love that name, man. Is Jansen yeah. Junk matter for fantasy baseball? He's. Junk. I don't think so. <laughs> dude i like you, you gotta love that name yeah i don't think he matters um i don't even know like the brewers have robert gasser so i don't really know that's an even better and, name <laughs> yeah gas dude he's a he he was part of the trade from uh uh the hater trade so he's a lefty and right now he is in triple a and only has pitched four innings this season but he Junk, he should be up at some point, I would say. If Junk gave up five runs in four and two-thirds innings today. So Beautiful, Junk. Seth Brown out four to six weeks, uh, oblique. Doesn't matter. That's like literally the A's best hitter is out, and now their lineup actually gets worse, if that was even possible. We've talked about Seth Brown before, like, He's the guy that is on the waiver wire until he has a really hot week, and then you start him, and then you regret it, and then you drop him. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I don't think it matters for him personally. The A's get even better to stream against. I wonder if this makes uh, Tyler the, the A's bring Tyler Soderstrom up sooner. It shouldn't. From like Remind a, me. Remind us again when the, the, the Super 2 deadline is, Tim. It's 16 days into the season, and I think – what game are we at now? Like 11? So we got like five more games. So next week sometime. 
So that it could be good news for Soderstrom. We'll see. We have birds again. Second podcast in a row. How do you like that, Raymond? Um, I mean, I'm sure Tim loves it since he's such a big Cardinals fan. Is it a Cardinal game? <laughs> no, it's Blue Jays. Oh, they're losing to the Tigers right now. Newt Barr is going on a rehab assignment tomorrow. So odds are Newt Barr is back on Monday in the Cardinals lineup. Uh, so if you're like me and you have uh, Lars Newt Barr on 50 teams, 50 out of your 50 of your 51 teams, then that's good news for you. Got anything on Newport, guys? I mean, Man. I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have to make a decision on who to drop in my home league until Monday because I don't know who to drop. Yeah, I over I over invested in Newt Bar in our Dynasty Darlings league, and i I hope that he I hope that he comes out and is half of what Tim says he's going to be. Do you remember when we were talking about Tim's Otnew team and we're like, man, if Otnew or if uh, Newt Bar and Gunner hit, we really like your team. Yeah, <laughs> like, or hitting. Yeah, yeah. No, sixty dollars worth of uh, nothing so far. Yeah, Tatis and Newbar being out at the same time is just terrible. And Gunner, Gunner has been so bad. Gunner has been one of the worst players in baseball so far this season. We'll talk about that. It sucks. I'm a huge Gunner fan, so it sucks. Uh, Tim Anderson to the IL knee sprain. And Lennon Sosa recalled, and that's the guy who nailed Byron Buxton today. <laughs> so, gotta love that. How that was his first game up, he just destroys Byron Buxton. Uh, Tim Anderson, I know Raymond, you have a soft spot here for Tim Anderson. So, so I was during that draft. I just secretly remember being like, "Man, it's pretty late. This league is so deep. He has so much upside. Like that's like an OBP league. Like he hits." He hits for so much average. Like, he's such a safe player if he can just stay healthy. And now he's just absolutely not healthy. So he's four to six weeks too, right? Yeah. And another thing too is that apparently this is his free agent year with the White Sox. They've got an option on him for 14 mil next year. But this could be like his second injury played season in a row is like the way it's looking. So rough for Tim Anderson. Ian Anderson. TJ, see ya in 2026 or whatever. Later, pal. Uh, Tony Gonsolin and Ryan Pepio, it was announced, are out until May and possibly later May. And Michael Grove has been atrocious. So it's very possible that we see Gavin Stone come up once the Super 2 deadline passes. The Dodgers are not going to call him up before, I don't think, and pull Taj Bradley. I think they would probably be sleeping on him until after the deadline because once he's up he might just stay up what say you guys raymond what are we talking about gonsolin oh gavin dude, i stone. don't know gavin stone the, the gavin dodgers stone. are gonna do what the dodgers are gonna do now, no matter what we think they should do so i do like stone you've talked me into it but i don't know it's a new dodgers team this year right gabe I know you're big on yeah. Stone. Look how good Outman yeah. has been. Look how good Miguel Vargas has been. We are in like uh, Dodgers. Remember also, all the Dodgers guys all come from Tampa. We are basically yeah. in a, a, a Tampa phase, a Tampa That's Bay right. Rays phase of the Dodgers re, like building process right now. So my only thing I'll say on Gavin Stone, I'm, I'm really high on him. I've I've said that before on this podcast, but he started, he has three starts somehow already at AAA, and he's just getting torched down there. Oh, I, yeah. 
He's got seven, seven point seven ERA through three starts, eleven innings, struck out ten guys. So that's not, you know, that doesn't trend with his, you know, typical numbers. Hopefully, it's just a rough start to the season. But he's not doing himself any favors as far as getting called up goes in that regard. Yeah, he's also in the PCL, so got to remember that. Uh, yeah. Joe Adele in AAA right now has seven homers in 38 plate appearances. And Nolan Jones was just called up today for Herman Marquez, and he had six home runs in 39 plate appearances. He's betting um, 389. Yeah, 359. I think in 15-team leagues, Nolan Jones should be added immediately. I don't know about 12-teamers. I think I would wait on 12-teamers. Uh, Joe Adele has not been called up yet because the Angels have been healthy so far this year and they don't need him. But he is breaking. Are you guys in on either of these two players? Raymond? I'm, I'm more inclined to give Nolan Jones a shot than Joe Adele, obviously, because he's up. And also he has the Rockies boost. And I just think Joe Adele's a quad A player. Gabe? Yeah, Raymond stole my words. I'm totally out on Joe Adele. And, I'm, uh, I was sorry. I'm I'm kind of excited about Nolan Jones. I'm not super in on him either. That the sample size we've seen uh, at the PCL and AAA, he's raking, but he's he's almost got half as many home runs, at, you know, as he hit all of last year. So, uh, yeah. I was trying to find Joe Adele's strikeout rate, and I could not. But I'm sure it's astronomical as usual. Joe Adele has a 20, still almost a 30% strikeout rate. Whereas in no, <laughs> yeah, in AAA. Whereas Nolan Jones is 16% walk and 18% K. Joe Adele, is, he, Joe Adele though is walking at a 17% rate, so he is walking at least at the same time. So if Joe Adele, Joe Adele could be just Joey Gallo. It's possible he could still be a Joey Gallo, I suppose. He's um, on the wrong side. Dude, the guys in NLI were arguing about this. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a righty, righty Joey yeah. Gallo. Yep, <laughs> wrong side. Yeah. Uh, Nolan Jones, though, before I add him, I want to see how much PT he's going to get because he could just be like a bench guy for the Rockies. The Rockies are dumb like that with prospects. Remember? Yeah, they so, are. You do, yep. I just want to throw – Joe Adele could be like Garrett Stubbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <That's> possibly. <laughs> All right, O'Neill Cruz out for four months. Keeper cut. Are you guys going to be – if you're in a redraft league, like let, let's imagine you're not in a dynasty league. If you're in a redraft league, are you keeping O'Neill Cruz on your roster and clogging up an IL spot or are you cutting at this point? Randy? It, de- it depends on how many IL spots you have. If you have unlimited, yes, obviously keep him. But if you have like Justin Verlander, Bryce Harper, and I don't know, Lars Newbar, that decision gets a lot harder. So – I don't know. TGFBI, no IL spots. Are you cutting him or keeping him? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be cutting him. I would. Four months, dude. And then, like, what do the Pirates have to to rush him for? Like, why? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It it might be a long time to see him. The minimum timeline is four months. That pretty easily becomes shut down for the whole season. Yep. How do you feel, Gabe? Yeah, I – I would keep him as long as it was convenient and wasn't, you know, hurting my roster crunch situation. But in a redraft, I think he's probably a pretty easy cut. And and even in some dynasty leagues, I don't know. He just got dra- dropped in our uh, fantasy baseball invitational league. And I don't know that I necessarily love that. 
just because the situation of there's not a whole lot of like who are you going to spend the money on instead of him but yeah in his dynasty situational yeah yeah. Situations are situational. Yep. Adam Duval out with a broken wrist doesn't need surgery. So it looks like it might be like anywhere between like four to eight weeks, something like that. Duval should be back. Dude was raking. He was like one of the best players in baseball before he got hurt so far this year. Uh, and then instead of calling up Jaron Duran or Sedani Rafaela, who I have a lot of shares of, the Red Sox called up Bobby Dahlbeck. You. And uh, apparently he's going to be playing, like, shortstop and stuff, too, I think. What? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Bobby Dahlbeck, I'm assuming you guys are both out. Adios, Kike. Yeah. Dude, I saw Kike today is betting, like, 081. I know it's early, but he's pretty bad. Yep. Uh, Red Sox, not good this year. Andres Munoz. Uh, on the 15-day IL, but he's already throwing again. I think this is one of those maintenance things, too, because he got hurt earlier in the year. I think this is just a, a safety move for them. What do you think, Raymond? Yeah, he was hurt at the end of last year, too, right? Like, he's pretty much been battling injuries since the I don't end remember of last him season. being hurt. I don't remember him being hurt last year. Or I just did he get him hurt in the offseason? In the off, yeah, offseason. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so it sounds like maintenance. I agree. Gabe? Yeah, I don't that the back end of that bullpen for Seattle, I don't you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed. So, you know, his I was kind of down on him a little bit anyway, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yep. Brian Bayo is returning next week. Brian Bayo had an outing at triple A, six innings. Uh how many K's did he have? Four K's. Zero walks, one and run. Pretty solid. Are you guys excited for Bayo? Yeah. I mean, given the state of starting pitching, I'm excited for anyone, with anyone who could be anyone good. Yeah. Arm who can get <laughs> until they're yeah. bad. Anyone yeah. who could be good until they're bad. <laughs> Love that. All right. Darno to the seven-day concussion IL. It's Sean Murphy time. Sean Murphy had a walk-off home run the other day. How pumped are you that he had that opportunity, Raymond? Because I know you have Sean Murphy on, like, every team. Do you think he's going to run away when Darno comes back now, or what do you think is going to happen when that whole situation, uh, when Darno comes back? No, I was I was pretty bullish on Murphy anyways on our last pod before this happened. But, no, I think the Braves like Darno too much to not play him. And I know Ozuna had a couple hits the other day, but I think they're they're much more likely to stop playing Ozuna than they are to stop playing Sean Murphy. But, dude, he had that one big game, and then he's had one other game he had two hits in. He's gone hitless in the other five. So, I don't know. That game was nice, but I'd like to see some consistency. He did walk twice yesterday in his defense. Yeah, good for OBP leagues. And, I do and sh- it just shows that he's you know putting in good PAs. That helps. If you're putting yeah. in good PAs, then that means uh, the hits will come. I do want to mention that that guy who always tweets at us uh, mentioned that this is like Darno's fourth concussion, and that's yeah. nothing to scoff at. That's pretty serious. Too, too, especially too in soon, baseball. Gabe. Especially in baseball. Like, yeah, football, football and hockey, it's like, oh. But, like, baseball? How does it happen in baseball? Four <laughs> what do you mean he's a catcher? You take a foul ball to the face mask or a collision or – 
Like, Dude, maybe I you think to get some classes. In Byron Buxton's think... scenario, you run into a person or a wall or a trip. <laughs> I think maybe. the Darno injury could actually hurt Murphy long term. I know that you're excited that Murphy's going to be getting those at bats. But I think that Darno actually, you know, Murphy has only played over 140 games one time as last year. And I think that, you know, at the catcher spot, I think it's good to have a someone to spell you. I think that, you know, if he gets shoved into a role where he's catching every single day or, you know, five or six days a week, it might actually hurt his production too. Dude, he's used to it. He basically did that last year. Uh, he can, he can <laughs> DH. Yeah, he can DH. Uh, Kyle Lewis to the IL. And Pavin Smith came up. Pavin Smith, actually, I think is how you say it. And yeah. he's, like, hitting 500 in two games. I don't know if that really matters. Are you guys interested in Pavin Smith at all in fantasy? No, Dude. I don't think so. Dude has he's no actually, power. He's a guy I have, you know, kind of been excited about. He's a first-round draft pick. And I've, I've followed him from the peripherals in the last couple of seasons because, you know, he's got the the makings of a guy that could come up and break out. But he's – yeah, he, he's, he's had plenty of opportunities to do it before now. So uh, I think it's kind of getting late in the game for him to be anything more than he is. Yeah. All right. Time to get your little antennas twitching here, Raymond. Tigers news. Austin Meadows to the IL. And does that mean it's Parker Meadows time or Justin Henry Malloy time? When are we going to see these guys show up for the Tigers? Dude, I have no idea. Probably after the Super 2 deadline, I guess. But um, they Nick Matone has hit a homer two days in a row now. Matt Veerling's been actually kind of decent. Uh, Kyle Carpenter just went yard, I saw on Twitter. Kerry Carpenter, not Kyle. Um, Parker Meadows, didn't they, he have like six home runs this spring or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And then they called up uh, – they called up a hitter who was not either of those guys when they put Manning on the IL before they call up uh, Michael Lorenzen. So they have an extra hitter for now. Justin Henry, uh, just so you know, Justin Henry Malloy in AAA and 33 at-bats has a 26% walk rate. And last year he had a 21% walk rate with Atlanta. This is a hitter, he's a third baseman, who walks more than he Ks, but he doesn't have much power. He's like uh, James Loney walk machine as a third baseman, kind of. Mm. James Loney. Yeah. Remember? Um, I remember. Dude, I would like him in points leagues, though. If he came up in fantasy baseball invitation, I'm going more than $1 on him, I think. <laughs> if that matters. That's rich. That's rich. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have a dollar to spend right now, so that means I've got to cut like a $4 <laughs> player just to pick him up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right i i don't know if i think i mentioned to you guys that i was doing a p1 adp draft uh that's the welsh's thing prospect one adp and so i drafted against a, a bunch of uh industry professionals draft guys uh minor league guys and i don't have everybody's information but i do have my team and i picked from the four hole so i sent you guys the link so you could check out my team but i'll read my team off and I'll do it in fives, and I want to hear what you guys think of my team. Remember, though, this is a 12-team draft. So this is 12, 12 industry experts, and these are the guys I ended up with. I picked Jordan Walker at pick four, which I thought was a steal because the dude's already up and he's balling. Uh, I picked Hunter Brown at, in the second round, coming back. Then I picked Evan Carter in the third round, Logan O'Hoppy in the fourth round, and Mason Wynn in the fifth round. So Walker, Hunter Brown, Evan Carter, Logan O'Hoppy, Mason Wynn. 
What do you guys think of that top five there? I think you might have reached on Hunter Brown, but I like the other four. Yeah, Hunter a- Brown is up though, and he's. I think Hunter Brown is definitely like a top five starting pitching prospect, and he's already playing. So I think like just look at this. Looking at this team that I ended up drafting, three of these guys are already up and playing: Jordan Walker, Hunter Brown, and Logan Ohapi. And Ohapi's balling too. So, uh, so yeah, I um, guess what is the point of like? Does proximity matter? Like, if, are you just it, trying to get the best however depends, many players you drafted? It depends. Yeah, it just depends on, like, you want to mix it. So basically the point of this draft is because you're not replaying it. The point of this draft is just to set an ADP for prospects, right? Okay. To just get, so like, that, a pulse of the industry on, on prospects, prospects they like on which for prospects, fantasy yeah. purposes. Yeah. Yes, so exactly. Who, who went in front of Jordan Walker? Uh, somebody picked Andrew Painter first, and then it went Corbin Carroll second, Gunnar Henderson third, and okay. then I picked Jordan wow. Walker fourth. I love that pick. Yeah, yeah, that's I a think, bit ridiculous. I think that and my hobby pick. Where did like awesome. was the rest of the first round like Colas, Volpe, and those guys? Uh, I don't think Colas was in the first round. Colas is a bit further down in prospect rankings, but Volpe went right after Walker, and then. There was like Jordan Lawler and James Wood and guys like that in the first round. Gotcha. Jackson Churio. Uh, so back to pick six, I got a story Ruiz, which I kind of regret that one now because this, when we did this draft, it took, it was a slow draft. So I think we started this like, it was like right when the season had started. So I picked a story Ruiz in the sixth round, uh, Diego Cartaya in the seventh round, catcher for the Dodgers. Mason Miller, starting pitcher for the Oakland Athletics in the eighth round. And that dude throws 100, and he's in AAA now. Uh, Sedane Raphael in the ninth round. And then the tenth round, I picked Joey Weimer. And that was, like, right before he got called up when I picked him. What do you guys think of those five? Dude, for me, the guy that jumps out here is Diego Cartea. I guess he's – I know he's in, I think he's in AA right now, so maybe that's why – uh, he, you know, fell that fell to the fifth round or whatever. But I think he's like a consensus top twenty-five, top thirty prospect in most rankings. He's a catcher who hits for power, and he walks a ton. And he's in the Dodgers organization, so I, you know, we're probably not going to see him until maybe late, late or maybe mid-season twenty twenty-four. I guess maybe that proximity hurt him a little bit. But I would think that the positional scarcity at catcher would help him out too. You got two catchers in the first six or seven rounds. Yeah, that was an accident. I mean, I didn't mean to do that, but I was just trying to keep, you know, like the whole goal of this is not really like, it is kind of like, hey, I'm building a team, but at the same time, it's like, I'm also trying to pick the guys that I think are the best guy just to keep the, AD, yeah. you know, like create a real ADP. Yeah. Um, obviously, like here, I got more guys that are very close. I got Estuary Ruiz in the majors. Uh, I got Rafaela, who I think is going to come up this year. And I got Weimer, who is up now. And then Mason Miller is a guy to watch here. I really think that this good dude is going to be a stud as long as he doesn't get hurt because he seems to always get hurt. He has like barely, if you look at him up on fan graphs, he only has like 20 or 30 innings pitched, but his K stuff, like his stuff is just ridiculous. Um, I didn't do the math on it, but this guy has way more than a K per nine 
Like his K per nine, his lowest K per nine is 12. So this guy's averaging like 14 or 15 Ks per nine in the minors. But again, like he's hurt a lot. So he's only has like 30 innings or something pitched. Um, continuing on here, I got Owen White in the 11th round, Matthew Libertor in the 12th round, Mason Montgomery in the 13th round. So I went starting pitcher, starting pitcher, starting pitcher. Then Alec Burleson in the 14th, 14th round and Jihuan Bay in the 15th round. I love the back part of that draft there. Because yeah. White's going to be up this year. Libertor is going to be up very soon, I think. Mason Montgomery could be up, be up this year. He's the next starting pitcher in the Rays or right behind Taj Bradley. And then Alec Burleson is obviously up in a raking ever since Newbar got hurt. And then Jihuan Bay is like the man. He's just he's like the best player on the Pirates already, especially now that O'Neill Cruz is hurt. So what do you guys think about those five? Yeah, I like I don't I don't know that I like Libertor at all, but yeah, I like the back half, like you said. Libertor is pitching so much better this year. I think Libertor is throwing ninety eight. Yeah, Burleson. Yeah, I think he's going to carve out a lot of playing time, you know, uh, especially with Tyler O'Neill button heads with Ollie Marmel. And that, you know, obviously the the new bar injury helped out Burleson. But I think if he can find playing time, there's a lot of potential there. Yep, there's a Cardinals trade in the future, I would say. Somewhere in the near future, there should be some Cardinals trade clearings in that room. All right, um, updated prospect watch. Yeah, so, so that's my team, PD180, P1, Prospect 1, ADP. I'll already read it. Jordan Walker, Hunter Brown, Evan Carter, Logan O'Hoppy, Mason Wynn, Astori Ruiz, Diego Cartaya, Mason Miller, Sedane Rafaela, Joey Weimer, Owen White, Matthew Libertor, Mason Montgomery, Alec Burleson, G. Juan Bay. So I was pretty happy with my draft. Very proximity team. Like, I got, like, nobody very far away. Cartaya is, like, the furthest guy away, and he's in double A. So kind of crazy. Um, some prospect watch guys, just for anyone, any listeners radar, Brandon fought prospect watch. These are all guys who could come up right after the super two. Brett Beatty should be up. Literally Brett Beatty should already be up. Um, I don't know why he's not up. Super two has he no bearing hurt. on him. Yeah. He got hurt, but he's already back and he had a home run yesterday. Hmm. So like, why is he down right now? The soup. I, I said this on the last podcast with Raymond, but for Brett Beatty, for the Mets to get an extra year of him, they can't call him up until like the end of June or something like that because he had he played he played he had too much PT last year. So like if they want to try to get an extra year of service time, they ha- literally have to keep him down for like three months, which is stupid for a team that's trying to win the World Series, right? Yeah, dude, um, he went he went straight over the batter's eye in center. Like I bet the ball at four hundred and forty feet, but dude. My thing there is, like, do you really think Steve Cohen cares about the Super 2 deadline? No. But so what are they doing? That's my point. Like, why isn't he up? Eduardo Escobar sucks. Now now that he got plunked in the thumb, I bet they're just making sure he's healthy. I bet he's up by the beginning of next week. Should be. Uh, Brandon oh, hey. Fott. Yeah. There's a MLB rumors and news that the Mets plan on calling up Beatty within the next few days. Oh, nice. Not an official report, just something I've heard. Well, there you go. Very nice, very nice. Um, so, continuing on, Brandon Fott, probably if Ryan Nelson or Dre Jameson struggles in their next couple of starts, Fott will probably come up, even though he's not pitching great right now at AAA. But then again, 
PCL. Bo Naylor is destroying baseballs right now for the Guardians. And he was up for like the last couple weeks last year. So I don't know how that's going to affect his Super 2 status. That means we might not see him until May. Um, Zunino is playing okay right now. So there's not really a rush. But Naylor is performing very well in AAA right now. Gavin Stone, as previously mentioned, could be up in the near future if Michael Grove throws another uh, crappy game. I'm sure that we'll see him next time around. Uh, Peraza may be up. Anthony Volpe is struggling. And Oswaldo Peraza, it was like, I think Aaron Boone came out and said that he was hurt this spring and like is recovering. So I think Peraza is having a pretty strong spring right now. I think I saw the other day he had like six steals or something like that already. Let me bring that up. Oswald Peraza. Volpe got yesterday off and then batted leadoff today. Strange. Oswald Peraza has five steals already in seven games at AAA. So we could see Oswald Peraza here in the near future if Volpe continues to struggle. Luis Ortiz could, should, probably already be up with Pittsburgh. He's dealing right now at AAA. Jordan Westberg, he might, if Gunner keeps struggling, it's very possible we see Westberg come up and replace Gunner even. Like, that's a possibility. Um, I don't know if the Orioles are going to do that. And Kalenic, do a, a pull Kelnick on Gunner, but... It's not outside of the realm of possibility. And Westberg's numbers are very similar similar to Gunner's. Uh, very underrated prospect, Jordan Westberg. Matthew Libertor, we already talked about. He, If Jake Woodford has another crappy outing, West, uh, Libertor will probably replace him. Uh, Tanner Bybee, the Guardians had another pitching injury. So now they have Savalia on the IL. They already had McKenzie on the IL. And they have Peyton Battenfield pitching. And they've got Hunter Gaddis, who sucks pitching. So I would imagine Tanner Bybee might be up sometime in the near future for the Guardians. Uh, but who knows? They might just be prolonging things until Cody Morris comes back from injury. And then Ronnie Mauricio from the Mets. This dude is just destroying baseballs. H- have you been watching any Ronnie Mauricio gifs on uh, Twitter? I just saw a couple and I was looking for Brett Beatty stuff. He got the ball very far. Yeah, and he's a small – I mean, he's skinny, but he's, he's a 6'3 shortstop, but he's like only 160 pounds or something. But uh, here he has four homers, and he was destroying baseballs this spring too. So it is possible we see Mauricio come up with the Mets too. We've seen Jeff McNeil play in the outfield before, so uh, if the outfielders are struggling for the Mets, if Canna is struggling, if those guys are having a tough time, it would not surprise me at all to see Mauricio come up and play second and then move, they move McNeil back into the outfield. How are we in a world where the Mets aren't playing their prospects and the Yankees are? Uh, because now the Mets have the richest owner in baseball. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, how to maintain composure early in the season. Before we started the podcast, all three of us were talking about like selling and leagues and stuff. So I'm going to ask each of you on a 1 to 10 scale – with your teams, how are you feeling right now? Raymond, I want you to go over a few of your teams that are doing well, doing crappy. Where are you on your scale of sanity to insanity? 10 being sane, one being clinically insane. Go. Uh, as an overall collective, I would say I'm at like a, you said one is clinically insane. I'd say yes. I'm at like a three. 
<laughs> in, in certain leagues, I'm probably at like a one or a zero. And then my best leagues, I'm probably at like a nine or a 10. But I'm doing good in my Roto leagues, the CBS leagues, the head-to-head points league for CBS. But our leagues are one of our dynasty leagues in the Otnu league. I'm just getting destroyed. My home league, I lost 3-7. That was a pretty big hole. I was winning all week, too. And those are the ones that really get me. It's like you win all the way up until Saturday, and then you go from like 8-2 to 3-7. Those drive me nuts. So I'm doing okay. Like I've never been in this many leagues at the same time, so it's hard. Like you asked me where I had Corey Seager, and it took me a minute to figure it, and then Gabe even had to tell me where I had him. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's, It's pretty wide, so... Yeah, hopefully it all evens out. How about you, Gabe? How are you feeling? Well, you creamed me last week in our Dynasty League, and I had the 14th lowest performance in our Fantasy Baseball Invitational Ot New League. But, man, I am I am still really, really high on both of those teams. I think they're built really well. And, you know, I, th- I've, I think I actually have Robbie Ray in both of those leagues. And he's he's starting to throw it, or he's going to start playing catch again later this week, which is a big deal because there was some Tommy John, you know, talk. You just never know with a guy with an injury like that. Uh, so I think that's encouraging. But man, another thing to remember is that you know, as, as guys start selling, as teams start selling, and the league parity shifts, you know, the second half of these a lot of these leagues are a lot more winnable than the first half. Uh, in some instances, because, you know, guys sell and then their teams are just, you know, you can beat up on them. So there's a lot of ground to make up later on in the season. Really good point. I was dangerously close to trading Matt Olson in our 20-team Dynasty League last night. Oh, really? Dude, Dude you, I, didn't, I, you, didn't, you didn't even talk to me about that because I told you, you I'd be in on him. I need a, I need a power first baseman in that league really bad. All right, dude, I, I might be able to get, like, Julio Urias, who's a really good starting pitcher keeper. What's his keeper round in that league? Like 13. Mm. Zach Gallon well, like 19 on that same team. Before you trade him, talk to me first, because I might be able to beat the offer. I'll try anyway. I'll, tr- I'll try my darndest, because I really need a power hitter in that league. Uh, I, I feel kind of like Raymond... I think I'm probably like a three. And even though I know better, like my head is telling me to just chill. But like my heart is like, why aren't I winning some of these leagues? Because last, I think last year I spoiled myself because I finished top three in every single league except for one last year. And I played in like 11 or 12 leagues. (laughs) So, yeah. And so like right now, uh, I feel like every league I'm in, I'm either in first place or last place. I have like no teams in the middle. I'm just like really like either on top or on the bottom. And I have a lot of the same players in these leagues too. So it's kind of interesting to see how like me having Lars Newbar on the IL in every league, how much that hurts me, especially in deep leagues. Like my shallow leagues, it doesn't really hurt as much, but then my deep leagues, it's killing me. And like TGFBI right now, um, this is this is something I don't understand. I'm in second place in home runs in my TGFBI league but I'm in last place in RBI. So how does that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
some of these stats are just so skewed right now that like my brain is like, okay, dude, you're all right. If you're in first place in home runs or second place in home runs, you're not going to finish last in RBI. That'd be so odd. It's not like I have like all these leadoff hitter, like power hitting leadoff hitters. Like that is just so odd. That's just a complete, completely abnormal thing to happen, right? Um, so I think this early on, Raymond said it before that, you know, kind of the go-to is to wait until Memorial Day before doing anything drastic. I don't think I'm about ready. I, I don't I plan to sell in any leagues at this point in time. Guys. Uh, Raymond, you have you got a league that you're actually considering selling in or no? Like, okay, you asked how we deal with this, and I just bitch and complain to our group chats, you guys, and then my other buddies uh, that I used to podcast with, and that helps. Um, but no, dude, I'm reading a news update that Bryce Harper is going to learn how to play first base so he can I get back that. sooner. What the hell? That's awesome. I guess Hall Hall is hurt, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That- Bryce Harper is the man. He's one of the most underrated guys in baseball, I think. Yeah, because people just downplay him and they think he's just a bro. But like and a tool. And yeah, dude, like I like Harper I, a lot though. This is not fantasy related at all, but my I had this take with my friend the other day that like Bryce Harper is the closest thing to LeBron we've ever had in baseball. Like that dude was the absolute truth since he was fourteen years old and he lived up to every bit of the hype. Yeah, now Ethan Salas is the next guy, so get ready. Everyone's all over Ethan Salas right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I guess that's how we're feeling. So let's talk about some of these stats. We got some interesting stats. A couple weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about, or maybe it was last week, uh, the first couple weeks of the season are just like, whoa, time-bending. But we talked about stats that normalize early. And we're getting close. We're at game like eleven. Uh, K rate for hitters and pitchers stabilizes at 15 games for hitters and 17 innings for pitchers. Right now, hitters are at, you know, between 10 to 12 games right now. And pitchers are at, do we have any pitchers at 17 innings right now? Like Sandy might be. There's some starters, like top end starters, who are probably around that 17 inning. Mark, anyone who's like a top two in the rotation, I think, is probably probably pretty close. Yeah. So some of these stats have started to stabilize. And I made some, I I gave you guys some links for leaderboards about some things to talk to, good and bad. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is hitter K rates. Hitters who are striking out way too friggin' much right now. And the number one Number one in K-rate right now in all of baseball is Gunnar Henderson, tied with Michael A. Taylor, uh, the guy that Gabe just made fun of. <laughs> and so, like, these are the guys that I'm worried about right now. I'm just going to list these guys off and let you comment on them. But you guys have the link for the for – the, anyone can go on fan graphs and search by K-rate and turn it upside down. These are the guys that I'm concerned about right now. Number one, Gunnar Henderson. Number two, MJ Melendez. Number three, Ryan McMahon. Number four, Nick Castellanos. Number five, Will Myers. Number six, Jazz Chisholm Jr. Number seven, Anthony Volpe. And number eight, Garrett Mitchell. You guys have any comments on these this, these folk here? So I think MJ Melendez is still hitting the ball really hard, isn't he? I think I'm looking at I'm looking here and at max exit velocity. He's number three. He is, and so is Ryan McMahon. That's what's so interesting. Is like Ryan McMahon was never one of these like power hitting type guys. 
And NJ Melendez was a power hitter in the minors, but it's very possible that these two are just completely selling out for power right now. Um, so it's just something to watch to see how this is going to change their stats throughout the season. But they're obviously their plate. Both these guys have changed their plate approach in some way from the last year that we don't know if it's good or bad yet. Right. But right now, both of them are not like they are going opposite ways. Like Melendez has been atrocious right now. His OPS is 576. Whereas McMahon, McMahon is two, uh, 70, 795 OPS, which is about like his career norm. So you guys got anyone else on this list you want to talk about? I mean, I'm a little concerned about Gunner. I mean, Gunner is just like a phenomenal plate discipline guy. And I don't understand why he's striking out so much. It is possible that he's got like the whole J-Rod thing going on right now. I haven't watched enough Orioles games to know if like the umps are just making bad calls on him or what. Um, I mean, he still has a 22% walk rate and his BABIP right now is 214. So there's obviously like some bad luck coming in with like his contact rates uh, and the type of contact he's making, but the strikeout rate, like any, anyone who's striking out 40% of the time is not going to be a good major leaguer. So something is going on here and I just haven't watched enough Orioles games to find out yet. How about you guys? Dude, his average exit velocity is still almost 93 miles an hour. And, like, you're talking about the difference between being first on this list and 30th is seven a 7% swing. So I still think it's pretty early to be looking at this. And um, I don't know. Aaron Judge is 11th at 33%. Like, I know that's a ridiculous comp, but. No, the thing that gets me about Gunner is I think the Orioles are kind of doing him a disservice playing him two games at shortstop, three games at third base, and two games at DH. Like, let the dude play the same position every day and get into a rhythm. Like, reminds me of what the Tigers did to Nick Castellanos, and he just couldn't settle in until he was, like, playing left field every day. Yeah. there. I mean, some of the guys I mentioned that I just wanted to bring up – they just kind of show in my mind, right? Like, yeah, it's interesting. Jazz, like it's... Jazz, I don't know if I'm really concerned about Jazz's 34% carry rate. I think he's going to fix it. But it's something to note because it's like, if he's going to be striking out that much, it's going to affect him. Whereas like Will Myers, if Will Myers is striking out 35% of the time, I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good Will Myers just because he's in Cincinnati. This is going to be bad Will Myers still. So that's like something to watch out for. Or like Nick Cassianos. Like Cassianos was so bad last year. Now he's striking out 38% of the time. It's like, okay, uh, Cassianos maybe is done. I don't know. Um, yeah, even though he... I guess that's a good point. You need to like frame it in terms of what you expected these numbers to look like three weeks ago. Yeah. Like, for instance, here's, here is just a really crazy one. So Anthony Volpe has a 33.3% K rate, and he's doing incredibly poorly. He's a 444 OPS. So that's why I was saying Prazda could be on the way up. But Garrett Mitchell basically has the same K rate, has a worse walk rate, but then has a 1,055 OPS. So the difference is Garrett Mitchell's just hitting the ball like with authority. He's in, you know, I don't know, he's just in the zone or something right now. So you can see these two guys, like Garrett Mitchell obviously has the worst plate approach, but he has a 421 Babbitt versus Bolpe's 211 Babbitt. So that's something that hasn't normalized yet is BABIP and average, but it does show what players' plate approaches are looking like. And like, here's one that concerns me too. JT Real Muto has a 2.7% walk rate this year, 
and a 32.4% K rate. That is so abnormal for him that like that stands out to me. Like is something wrong there? That's something where I see that and I ask like what's up there? But then like I see like Matt Olson 31% K rate. It's like who cares? Like we know Matt Olson is going to strike out. And that's how I feel about a lot of these players. Like, unless you're in a points league that gives you negative points for strikeouts, I don't really care if you strike out. But, no, the JT Romuto thing is interesting. Like, do you think that's a a hole left by Duvall? Like, do you think there's no one left behind him? So, there's he. he's kind of pressing and chasing a little bit too much. Could be. Or, for all we know, he's hurt and playing hurt because everyone else on the team is hurt and he's, like, just going to play through it. You know what I mean? Like he could be banged up or, or something. Had, yeah. And we just About don't know. 10 days. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of this, I wanted to talk on the flip side. Here are guys who are just standing out like, whoa. Vlad Greer Jr. has the best K rate with a 5.7%. He has a better, right now, he, he has a better K rate than Stephen Kwan, than Luis Arias. Like Vlad's plate discipline this year is like Juan Soto ish. Um, he almost has a 500 OBP at the moment. Like something is going on with Vlad where he actually, I think has progressed and taken another step forward. So that's why I wanted to, to note him. Another one I wanted to note is Masataka Yoshida is third on this list with a 6.7% K rate, K rate, and then a 15.6% walk rate. So this is someone who this is, was his main thing coming over from Japan is like, this guy is like a plate discipline King, like a, Stephen Kwan Jr.-ish type guy, and he's living up to expectations. So that's why I wanted to highlight him in a good way. It's like Yoshida is doing what we're paying him to do, basically. Uh, Victor Robles, I I have to call him. He's having a really good year right now uh, for like the first time ever. But 9.1% K rate and 11.4% walk rate, those numbers make me think what he's doing might be somewhat sustainable. What do you guys think about these guys I've talked about so far? Well, you have to remember that Vlad played the Cardinals for three games. So I feel like his stats <laughs> might be a little inflated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, Victor Robles, man, that's a good call out. I, I cannot believe, you know, that the season that he's putting together so far. And he was one of those guys. He was up, you know, the Nationals, of course, just botched guys like that. He was up when he was like 17 years old or whatever. I, mean, I know he wasn't that young, but he was really young. <laughs> And so, you know, everybody wants to write him off, but he's, I bet he's still only 22 years old. The ultimate post-hype sleeper. Yeah. Well, he's, this is like the fourth year in a row he's been a post-hype sleeper. And then he might actually well, yeah, live him and, this time. Him and Soto both came up as like 19 and 20-year-olds, right? So he's only 24. Like, Okay, he's older than I thought. I, but so still, he's, he's 24. So like, yeah, he's still Jared young. Hilnick, yeah. yeah, so so young. He's still we younger than a, James Altman. Oh. <laughs> Trace Thompson. We live in a world of like immediate gratification and forget these people are human. So like pick him up. I saw he got added in pretty much all of the leagues I'm in. And then he got added in my most shallow league today. So yeah, it's worth a it's worth a try. I mean, he has a pro- prospect pedigree. Yeah. I mean, don't expect power from him, but if he just gets on base and steal some bags because he's he, fast. He's going like, to play every day. Yeah. Um, next on the list here that I want to talk about, Will Smith, I think, is taking steps forward. 9.3% K rate. His walk rate is higher than his K rate. So Will Smith could be even better this year. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. 
Dude is only striking out 13% of the time right now. Giancarlo Stanton has never done that. And he's, <laughs> he, dude, he's, he looks good right now. Like, he looks really, really good. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton's best K rate of his entire career is like 27%. So right now he's at 13%. And his average EV is 95.2. His max EV is 118. Like, if this dude can keep doing this, he could be putting up another, like, MVP type season if he stays healthy, but he's looking really good. So that's why I wanted to highlight these guys. And uh, also Hunter Renfro is looking really good. More walks and K's so far for Hunter Renfro. That is something Hunter Renfro has never done before. So these are guys that I think are going to have big seasons this year if they stay healthy. So that's why we surprised just that. for the cycle. We should, we should have mentioned that too. Yeah. Arise first Marlins cycle ever. And it's only like his 10th game as a Marlin. So go figure. You guys got anything on the on those K-rate notes before we move to the EVs? Let's do it. All right. Exit velocities. So these are the guys who are killing it in exit velocity right now. And exit velocity generally stabilizes in 60 to 70 plate appearances. Right now, most of these guys are at like 50. So they're right below the threshold of stabilization. Uh, and some of these are just ridiculous right now. Matt Chapman is leading baseball with an average exit velocity of 99.4. He's almost averaging a 100 exit velocity. And he's also hitting 477 right now. So it makes sense. And he's barreling 32% of balls. So Matt Chapman is like in a whole nother world right now. This is like the MVP Matt Chapman that we've always dreamed of that we're seeing right now. Um, JD Martinez is also high on the board which might make some sense because everyone kept talking about how J.D. Martinez loves driveline, loves driveline, and now literally he lives right next to driveline. So he can just go there like every day and work on his craft. Uh, it's like the best thing ever for prolonging J.D. Martinez's career. Other guys to mention, MJ Melendez, high in Ks, but really high also in exit velocity. Jorge Soler, who's off to a scorching start. Brian Mountcastle, who's raking right now. My boy, Trent Grisham, who I was telling everybody to get this whole offseason, is raking right now. Uh, Nolan Gorman, who these EVs are even before today where he hit another home run. So Nolan Gorman raking for the Cardinals. Jared Kelnick, another home run today. And then Logan Ohapi. Those are my positive EV notes. What do you guys think about that list right there of players? It's funny how I many think of you these need guys to take... appear on. Go ahead, Raymond. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's funny how many of these guys are appear on the K rate, too. You know, having high K rates and high yeah. velocities. We live in, I mean, it's getting better with the new rules, right? But the three true outcomes is, yeah. I mean, it's still a thing. But I think, like, Trent Grisham is a good one to bring up. Like, yeah, he's hitting the ball hard, but he's still striking out and his batting average is 205. Like, just because you hit the ball hard when you hit it doesn't mean you hit it consistently. So, like, I love people who hit the ball hard. All these guys are exciting. I saw Matt Wilson's home run yesterday. At the time, was the hardest hit ball, according to StatCast, this season. So, I don't know. Yeah, hit the yeah. ball hard. Good things happen. Yeah, well, one of the things to, th to look to also, though, is Michael when you're Conforto. looking at when you're looking at EVs and barrel rates, judge them against Babbitt. Because Trent Grisham's tells yeah. us a 222 Babbitt. 
Still tw- yeah. 222. And one of the things to note so far, Raymond, I think we're both going to be disappointed in this note, but the shift is still kind of happening. And I think that our theory on lefties just dominating against the shift is kind of going south right now. How do you feel about yeah, that? I definitely think – I mentioned it last time about Schwarber, but, like, I think I think it will be true for someone or some people, but I think trying to figure out who it is is going to take the entire season. Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo is hitting Freddie Freeman right now. Yeah. Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. So, on the negative side of the exit velocities – these are the guys who are not hitting the ball hard at all. Asturi Ruiz, who we had heard a lot about Asturi Ruiz being a terrible average exit velocity guy in the minors, but it's actually showing at the major league level right now. Uh, also super down, George Springer, Chris Bryant, Marcus Semien, JT Realmuto, the aforementioned JT Realmuto, and Ozzy Albies. All of these guys have atrocious exit velocities right now. Uh, Springer is only averaging 83 miles an hour. Uh, Chris Bryant is only averaging 84 miles an hour. Wall in Colorado. Semi in only 84 miles an hour. And Albies only 84 miles an hour. Are you guys concerned about any of these guys? Because I am pretty concerned about Chris Bryant ever hitting for power again at this yeah. point, I think. Um, Semi in, I'm not as concerned about because this guy always has slow starts. It's, it's like common for him. Yeah, Albies, I am concerned about. Albies hasn't had high EVs since like 2019. So um, I am concerned about Albies. Um, Albies can still hit homers, though, because Atlanta is a good hitter's park. So he'll still probably hit, even with bad EVs, he'll still hit 20 or 25 homers just because ballpark and the way he hit, the way he plays, like high high highs and low lows. Uh, But I'm pretty concerned about Chris Bryant and George Springer here. Christian Walker is kind of scary too because that's like his calling card is power. Yeah, we're gonna bring him up in the barrel rate section next. Yeah, a lot of these guys aren't like Charlie Blackman. That's not his game anymore. Um, yeah, I'd say George Springer is kind of concerning. Tracy Romuto, that's kind of concerning. But I mean, nothing to overreact about yet. Yeah, but it's there. This is not. Like, hey, sell, buy, sell. It's more just yeah. I'm just trying to put these players on people's radars as indicators. These are indicators for positive or negative trending uh, stats, I think, for the year. It's the way to read it more than anything. Now, like, hey, trade Chris Bryant for J.D. Martinez, right? It's more like these guys are downtrending and then these guys are uptrending. And the thing is, these are things that are visible just by watching ESPN or watching MLB uh TV and you know watching game recaps. Everyone can see that Jared Kelnick is balling right now. Everyone can see Logan O'Hoppy's balling. Everyone can see Nolan Gorman is balling. So these are types of guys uh, to just keep on radars. Is hey look, yeah, these guys are hitting home runs, and the stats are backing that up too. At the same time, well, these guys are struggling, and then the stats are backing that up. So I would see these things more as indicators. Now let's go to the barrel rates leaderboard. The barrel rates leaderboard. Uh, is led by Brandon Lau right now, who basically missed the whole year last year with a 35% barrel rate, which is insane. And kind of makes sense because the Rays are like the best team ever right now. Matt Chapman's second. 
Um, both these guys are balling. MJ Melendez is on this leaderboard too. So same thing. The barrel rates and the EVs kind of go hand in hand, but they're a little bit off. It's not quite the same because EVs are average exit velocity, whereas barrel rates are, it's not really how hard is the guy hitting the ball, but is the guy making uh, good contact on it, right? Like, are they hitting the ball in the sweet spot? So high guys on barrel rate, Brandon Lau, Brian Reynolds, Brian Anderson, James Outman, Austin Hayes, David VR. Some of these guys are kind of under the radar here. Like Brian Reynolds, everybody knows is having an awesome season right now. And Brandon Lau, everybody knows is having an awesome season right now. Brian Anderson off to a hot start. I think that's going to decline some. James Outman, though, this kind of proves maybe that some of the stuff that we're seeing from him is real. Austin Hayes and David VR, same thing. What say you guys? I, I don't know. This is one of my least favorite stats. Um, oh, man. I love uh, barrel rate. Do you really? I I don't know. I think it's tough. Like, Brandon Lowe, I'm glad he's balling out. Like, I hope, I hope he keeps that up. But um, I don't know. This is pretty much just confirmation bias. Like, to see Brian Reynolds on this list, well, duh, that makes sense. Like, he's like the hottest hitter in baseball right now. Matt Olson, same thing. Brian Anderson, right? Like, nobody saw mm-hmm. that coming. But the fact that he's this high on this list with how well he's playing makes a ton of sense. And then James Outman, dude, I just don't think he's going to play enough to matter. Like I would, like I said, I watched that Dodgers game yesterday, and they said he had his first hit since, like, four, five games or something. Like, I don't know. He's playing every day right now. So, and Austin Hayes did VR. I think – the barrel rates are showing that maybe what these guys are doing is not a fluke. Maybe they're not going to keep doing exactly what they're doing. You know, like I don't think Brian Anderson is going to hit 30 home runs or whatever, but I do think it shows it's supporting evidence that, Hey, these guys might have good years. They might be worth hanging on to and not just selling the first second that they struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, bat guys who are playing poorly right now. Gabe already mentioned Christian Walker, Estuary Ruiz, Jose Ramirez is not barreling. And this actually doesn't surprise me because last year, guys, on this podcast, I did the same exact kind of thing where I went through barrel rates early in the season and Jose Ramirez was really low then too. Jose Ramirez is just infamously another one of these slow starter types. Uh, Manny Machado is also on this list. And so is Jose Miranda, who is playing like Poo Poo and Vinny P who besides a couple of homers is also kind of playing like poo-poo uh, from what we were expecting. So Christian Walker, Estuary Ruiz, Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Jose Miranda, Vinny P. Gabe, what do you think about these guys? Trey, Trey Turner's up there too, isn't he? He's got a zero. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, zero, I, zero barrels for Trey Turner. Yeah, I, I think that some of this stuff is just going to average out. Like I, in, in a lot of these guys are a who's who of, you know, first and second round draft picks uh you know with Machado and you know Jose Ramirez and Turner so that 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 kind of you know I think that kind of helps guys out like Christian Walker and Vinny P you know that they're not you know there's some really really good baseball players that just aren't barreling the ball right now uh you know I I think that is comforting to see guys up there like Trey Turner but What do you mean, Raven? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, 
Trey Turner is kind of concerning, but new team, new league, not new league, new division. Uh, some also, of these other guys is just con- in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. It's just like it's April. It's cold. It's ten days into the season. He had a huge WBC run. He had that mammoth home run and had the entire world hype. And um, it can be kind of a letdown to come back to regular baseball. So give him some time to adjust. He'll be he'll be fine. Okay, you guys ready to get to the pitchers? Let's do it. All right, so K-Rate <laughs> with your son. <laughs> K-Rate stabilizes 17 innings. Like we said, some of these pitchers are already there. So let's get to K-Rate leaders. Uh, we got a lot of rays here, guys, a ton of rays. Number one is Jeffrey Springs. Uh, up here also is Drew Rasmussen, Zach Eflin, Nick Lodolo, Jacob deGrom, Pablo Lopez, Marcus Stroman. That one threw me off, Gabe. Uh, Tyler Molly, Mitch Keller, your boy, Raymond. Maybe you should have kept him. Uh, <laughs> Zach Gallon, Lance Lynn, Bryce Elder through his one start, Jordan Montgomery, and David Peterson. So uh, does do any names on this list stick out to you guys? Nick Lodolo. Well, That's good to see. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, like, a, well, like Logan Webb has just been getting rocked. Uh, his last, his first couple of starts, and I, it's good to see that you know he's. I think his his uh, his he's only walking four percent of the guys he's facing. He's he's you know still a top ten guy in in K percentage. So that's you know that's reassuring just to, to see a guy like that that you know the, the on paper stats aren't necessarily reflective of what's going on under the hood. His I think he still looks really good out here. Yeah, I think it's so interesting to see the teams. This is one of the things I wanted to highlight. We have three Rays here that I just talked about. Springs, Rasmussen, and Eflin are all like leading baseball in K-Rate right McClanahan. The Rays, the Rays pitching development is just ridiculous. And then also the Twins. We have here Pablo Lopez, Tyler Molly with increased K-Rates from their career norm. So I think these two teams are just showing they're doing something right. And then another thing I wanted to bring up is Jacob DeGrom. Like some people were freaking out about his first start, but Jacob DeGrom is just doing Jacob DeGrom things. Like literally he's like leading. If you just look at all the under the hood metrics, Jacob DeGrom is still the best pitcher in baseball uh, on a printing basis. So there's nothing to worry about with him. Stroman was really interesting to me though. I haven't watched any Stroman yet this year, Gabe. Uh, So like visually you watching Cubs games, is there something with Stroman that you've noticed why his K rate is up this year compared to normal? Dude, yeah, that that surprises me also his K rate, but but everything else like, dude, I think that Stroman has had a really sneakily good year last year. You know, kind of got off to a slow start, got hurt, but if you can pick this guy up in a trade, I'm actually trying to do that in a couple places. I don't think his K rate's gonna you know stay that high all season, but you know he's not walking anybody. He hasn't allowed an earned run yet. He, you know, he's racking. He's got two quality starts. There's a, there's a lot to like there from Stroman, and he's probably – guys are probably still down on him right now if you can get him somewhere. Either of you guys have anyone my else thing on about, this list? My, my only thing about Stroman is that he, like, tinkers himself in and out of being good. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> that he does. Anyone else on this list you want but to no, talk about, I'm, Raymond? No, sir. Oh, man, you didn't want to talk about Mitch Keller, your favorite player ever? 
I mean, I would have liked to, to to keep him, but I would I like the sixteen dollars I got more. Yeah, too bad you can't spend it on O'Neill Cruz now. Uh, bad notes. Too bad. Too bad. Patrick Sandoval is like the worst pitcher at baseball right now. Um, Sandy Alcantara is also pretty bad in K rate at the moment. Alec Manoa, Corbin Burns, Christian Javier. That's my list of shocking guys on this list in K rate right now. You guys have any comments on it's any like, of those guys? Sandy Alcantara threw a nine inning game, and then I think he only struck out like three or four, and then he got absolutely shelled over three innings in his next start. So, like, that just goes to show you how easily these things can fluctuate. Yeah, this early in the season, especially. Yeah. Are you feeling Are really... you feeling down on any of them? I'm Christian I'm Javier, maybe. Yeah. The other three. I I love Sandoval. He'll be fine. I'm down on Sandoval. No, right I. I tried to buy Corbin Burns in my home league, and the guy was just like, "Dude, are you serious? Talk to me in two months." I'm like that's that's the right answer, but like, I wish you yeah. didn't say that. We <laughs> struck out eight through five today. Yeah. yeah, if anyone can go buy Corbin Burns, do it. Probably shallow leagues are easier to do that in, like ten and twelve team leagues, because people are more apt to like do things on a whim. Uh, deeper leagues probably harder to get Corbin Burns, but if you can do it, do it now. Uh, Sandy and Manoa concern me, though. I must say, I'm a little concerned Manoa, about Manoa dude. right now. Yeah, so, what's going on there? Yeah, so we'll talk about now the last leaderboard that we wanted to bring up, which is basically ERA minus FIP. So ERA minus FIP early in the season kind of is a good indicator to tell you whether someone's ERA is way out of whack or if it's okay. Here are some good notes. Jacob deGrom is... Uh, high up on the ERA minus whip or minus FIP, sorry. Aaron Nola, Sandy Alcantara, Tyler Molly, and Zach Eflin. So those are all guys whose ERAs should go down based on their actual pitching performance. Uh, so I think anyone who has Aaron Nola, like Raymond, should be happy about something like that. And Sandy or Molly or Eflin. Logan Webb. Yeah. Bad notes. John Gray. His ERA should be worse. Patrick Sandoval, his ERA should be worse. Alec Manoa, his ERA should be worse. And Max Scherzer, kind of with a rough start. I'm not concerned about Scherzer whatsoever, though. Uh, but Sandoval and Manoa both concern me on this list here. What do you guys think? Marcus Stroman is up there. Dude, the thing about Stroman, and uh, I don't know that you can find a better defensive middle infield than Danzy Swanson and Nico Horner. And that's just going to. Stroman's going to rake on that all season. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Stroman has a zero ERA right now. So obviously, his ERA should be higher than it is. So, like, that's why I didn't even mention him. He's like, his right now, his FIP is 282 and his ERA is zero. So it's like, yeah, Stroman is pitching like a 280 ERA guy. You'll take that all day. Like, of course, he's not going to have a zero ERA. But like, Patrick Sandoval has a 164 ERA right now. But his FIP is 468. His Sierra is 546. Like he's not, his K minus walk is 2.3. Like Sandoval is not pitching well, right? Even like Alec Manoa, his K minus walk is zero. Like what is going on with these two guys? That's why I wanted to highlight them. Like something is up with these two. Yeah, I'm worried about Manoa for sure. I don't, 
I have a lot of shares of him. Raymond, how are you feeling? Uh, spooked out. I think my son might be up. But, um, no, I'm glad to see some of the guys who have been getting hit pretty hard on here. Like, Noah's been pretty bad. Uh, uh, Zach Gallen had two really bad starts, and then his third one was pretty good. Corbin Burns, the exact same thing. Nick Lodolo. Dude, I don't know. I just can't quit Nick Lodolo. Yeah, I feel you. All right, Raymond. You want to do a Raymondism and close this bad boy up? Yeah, sure. I can't believe we haven't announced that Jared Kelnick's uh, personal revenge tour on Gabe. He hit a ball 485 feet to center field at Wrigley today. Mm. Um, And then... Devers hit his fifth home run today, Tim. And then my last Raymondism is there's this guy I follow on Twitter who's probably a bigger Tigers fan than I am. And did you see that report that uh, um, they're talking about MLB expansion teams? And they quote tweeted it, and it, it's like, who, which team should get an MLB expansion team? And he just goes to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there, some of these teams, man, the other day, the Cardinals and the Tigers had the same record. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I, was like, I, fe- horrible. I, I felt, I felt like, I was like, oh my God, this is how it feels to be Raymond. No, I would, no wonder why he's a Braves fan and a Mariners fan too. Like, <laughs> In a Bruce, yeah. yeah. Just well, get as thing- many bites at the apple as possible. <laughs> exactly. Thankfully the Cardinals have won two in a row. So now they're back around 500. So it's not as. Not as sad. And now they get to play the Pittsburgh Pirates, too. So, in a week, the Cardinals will be... Hopefully they don't get swept out of Pittsburgh. That would stink. Oh, my God. Don't even say that. They don't even have O'Neal Cruz, dude. It's literally... They, Mitch, Juan... they have Mitch Keller, though. Who else do they need? It's literally... Yeah, it's literally Mitch Keller and Juwan Bay against the entire Cardinals. So... <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I guess we'll close this up. Gabe, you got something? Or are you all done? Later, so... guys. I've got a uh, a Cub-centric universe thing. It, no, that really surprises you guys. Uh, so Cade Horton was a surprising seventh, uh, seventh overall in that loaded draft last year. And he finally made his pro ball pro debut today. And he struck out five guys through two and a third. So there you go. Cade Horton, he'll be a helium guy this year, I think, in the in the pitching prospect rankings. Yeah, Ben Brown. Good. Ben Brown, too. Yeah, and Brown, too. He's good, too. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Follow us all on Twitter. Peace, y'all.